Hi, I'm Sean. I've always been curious about the answers to life's big questions. I thought it would be cool to seek some of those answers through conversations with others on a similar path. I started this podcast with a simple mission. I want to help you improve your life. These conversations are meant to challenge you, make you think, and inspire you to pursue the things in life that light you up. I've always believed that with the right mix of effort and perseverance, anything truly is possible. I'd like to invite you to think outside the lines. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Think Outside the Lines podcast. My guest today is back for her third time on the show. Every time we chat, I receive such a positive response. Her energy and her mission stem from a place of love, compassion, and of service. And I'm always delighted to share our conversations with you. She's a highly respected and sought-after yoga and meditation instructor and life coach. And I'm incredibly fortunate to call her a dear friend. It's time to think outside the lines with the lovely Kimmy Dawn. All right, Kimmy Dawn, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me back. Of course. I'm so excited to talk today. Um, I first (laughs) want to say we're recording this on Veterans Day. So happy Veterans Day and thank you for serving. Well, you're welcome. And thank you for um, just acknowledging that. I'm I'm just I'm such an advocate for freedom in so many ways. So I am happy to have uh, done that part of service and continuing that service of freedom uh, even now as we speak. Yeah, I actually wanted to ask you, um, I was actually thinking about this this morning. What do you think is the most important thing that that experience has taught you? Oh, let's see. Boiling it down to one thing. Um, (laughs) If you can. (laughs) um, I think in hindsight, looking back, that I am really, really rooted in this lifetime to be of service. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. Thank you. Uh, so I want to get the first part out of the way and talk about the Danielle Laporte event um, because <laughs> you actually are responsible for, I mean, I, I thank you for helping to facilitate um, that interview that I got to do with her. You actually <laughs> invited me to attend her event in LA um, and obviously some really good things came out of that. Uh, and I thought of you many times throughout the interview just because obviously the the topic is very much in your realm, but mm-hmm. um obviously too, because of our mutual connection. So your presence was very much felt during that interview. Such a great pleasure. In fact, just to add on to that, um, because I do believe that we co-create things as humans. And um, as much as you are, you know, giving me uh, kudos for making that happen. In fact, I think it was you saying the bigger yes, when we first connected, you had introduced me to her works. And it just kind of goes to show that, you know, not everything is going to be immediate. So it's just sort of saying yes to yourself, um, you know, a couple of years prior and me showing up to to co-create that with you has just been um, much of, I think, of what we'll dive into today as far as like helping each other through, totally you know, whatever it is that we're we're hoping to achieve. So totally. What was your biggest takeaway from that event? Do you do you have any? I have two. I can start with mine and while you're thinking. Yes, please. Um, so I had, I don't know if you remember, but she had these like the little truth bomb cards on each seat. Yes. 
and minds. I'll never forget what it said. It said, be the person you want to fall in love with. And I, it was one of those things where it was like that message needed to speak to me in that moment. And I saw that on the chair and I read it and it was like, oh my God, this is going to be a spectacular event. Um, but then the second one was really, I guess, kind of more esoteric. It was just along the lines of like how things fall into place the way that they're meant to. Um, yes. the whole reason that her interview came about is because, so you and I were sitting in the front row and she had mentioned something about being on a ton of podcasts to promote her book. And yes. you and I kind of looked at each other and giggled and she said, and she saw that and she said, did I do your podcast? And I said, no, but I would really like you to. And it was one of those really spontaneous things where I could have just like smiled and giggled back at her. But I was like, huh, maybe the universe is like nudging me here. And I later got up to ask a question and she remembered me as like the guy with the podcast. And so at that point I was like, okay, this is, this is meant to be in some way. And so when I had talked to her later that evening, when we got to like talk to her in person, it's very unlike me to like at an event like that. I didn't want to be like disrespectful and be like, Hey, I'm here to like invite you on my new show, you know? But mm -hmm. there was something in that moment where I was like, you know what, this is, it came up twice already in the evening um, really of her doing. And so I was really like, okay, I'm going to take this opportunity and I'm just going to say, Hey, you know, I really would like you to come on my show. <laughs> and <laughs> she was so cool. And she's like, yep, I'll do it. She's like, tell them, you know, email this person or whatever. And we coordinated it. And almost six months later it happened. <laughs> I, I remember it, um, just as clear as water being yeah. next to you and just really vibing off of everything that was going on and just pure excitement and joy Totally, and uh, I, I love how the universe conspires, and it's it's part of our service um, to also be served when those messages come in, and so you know, developing this like keen awareness of all things that are are here really to um, awaken us. So. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. So, what was your takeaway from that event? So, my takeaway, um, much like what you had mentioned, um, has really been a seed that's been with me for some time and it was just simply remembering. I think this whole process of our human design is simply to remember. <laughs> and totally. uh, so one of my truth bombs, I actually have it right here in front of me, says generous people have more to give. Oh, I like that. And um, giving is so much a part of my growing. And um, really this past year and a half has been um, kind of completing that current and learning how to receive. So generous people have more to give because we know how to receive. And uh, again, that's going to be another point that I'd love to talk about through this podcast. Yeah. And it's actually a, the perfect transition because I wanted to kind of start touching upon, um, you started doing these Facebook live videos and I have to say that like, I've seen a handful of them at least. And, um, aside from like your overall presence, that's obviously very calming and soothing and, um, very intentional. I just want to say that like, I really admire you for putting yourself out there in that way, because that's not an easy thing to do. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about, you know, the content of some of the videos too, but, um, what prompted you to, to start putting yourself out there in that capacity and what are people going through out there that you're finding you're able to help them through via this medium? Yes. Um, great question. Um, sometimes a lot of us will start things and not necessarily know the exact reason why. Totally. <laughs> and, you know, I've been sort of on this uh, personal development, self-empowerment, spiritual expansion 
uh, path for a while and consciously of it for probably the last six years. Yeah. And so during this so-called journey um, is recognizing when I am being invited to step out of my comfort zone. And, you know, I was going through a process um, where I felt like there was some some healing that needed to be honored uh, by way of recognizing that I have a voice and my words matter. And so I just kind of took that leap. I didn't think too much about it. I just sort of woke up that day and I'm like, all right, I'm going to hit the go button. I'm going to go live. And my very first video was much like that. And I uh, I think I was really hoping to just connect on a very basic level of, hey, guys, see me and let me see you. So using it as an inter- interactive platform yeah. based off a romper room. <laughs> so <laughs> um, at the end of this show that was back in the 80s, um, it was a children's television show. The host would sit down at the end of the day after going through all the like moral stories and exercises and pull out this magic mirror and look through this mirror at all those so-called audience or children watching from the TV and say, I see you and announce their name. And my name was never called as a child, at least when I watched it. And I always felt like this little bit of disappointment, like, oh man, like I watched the whole show, like she doesn't see me, I'm not important, <laughs> right? This is where we start to create those stories. Totally. And, um, since I was going through this process of, you know, learning how to be seen and knowing that, gosh, I can't possibly be alone with this, um, is just sort of like how I, how I started to frame, um, these live events, which then turned into more, um, me opening up and tapping into vulnerability and sort of connecting with things that, you know, I had been experiencing in life. So, yeah. What are, what are some of the things that people are, like what kind of feedback are you getting in ways that it's helping people? Um, honestly, it's a lot of me too. Yeah. So I think creating a space where I share something in my life, whether we want to qualify it as good or bad or, you know, joyous or struggling and being that voice for maybe people that feel alone yeah. So another another sort of means of community and uh, kind of a, a positive aspect of technology. Totally. Yes. And I'm a big advocate of positive uses of technology because right now we're seeing them used in we're seeing technology used in a lot of scary and negative ways. Yes. Hence the podcast. This is so positive. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> That's this is me trying to like <laughs> do my part to to fix that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure how public your page is, but I'll put a link in the show notes for anybody that wants to check it out. I have to say that um, I don't always catch your videos live, but I will see them kind of sometimes in the evening. They'll pop up in my feed, and I'm just like, oh, it's Kimmy. And like just watching like your two-minute video just like makes me happy. And so awesome. I, I strongly encourage people to check it out. And I thank you for doing them because, like I said, they're, they're cool. Um, my pleasure. I still think that you should think about doing a podcast, but we can take that conversation offline. Okay. Um, <laughs> So the topic for this episode is actually surviving when the struggle is real. And you had sent over some notes uh, with that in the title. And I was like, that's it. That's the name of the episode. It just, it resonated. Um, And I think that a lot of people can relate, especially as we head into the holidays and move into a new year. I think it's kind of the perfect time to have this conversation. So yay for that. Me Um, too. Yay. Now, 
you mentioned um, how amazing the reorganization of how we state things can kind of shift us from the struggle to the flow state. Yes. Uh, and I love this, and I would love for you to elaborate on that. I would love to. Um, but first, first, um, I I would like to kind of just touch on like coming onto this um, collective platform to understand maybe what struggle is. Yeah. So. I kind of, you know, have my own interpretation, but I was like, okay, what do most people think struggle is? And then what's like the definition of it? So the definition of it is to make forceful or violent efforts to get free of restraint or constriction. Ooh. Sounds pretty dramatic, right? It does. <laughs> <laughs> so I think when we really look at the word struggle and we hear, you know, the, the definition by the dictionary, it's kind of like, okay, wait, maybe, maybe there's more to this, right? So, um, I personally, uh, feel like struggle is a choice. Interesting. I agree. Mm -hmm. A lot of people would resist that statement though. Yes. Um, because number one, I've been through struggle, I've embraced it and I've, come out the other side. So not to discount, um, those that, you know, are probably tuning in going like, Oh my gosh, like maybe this is, this is it. Maybe this is going to be the solution to struggle. Um, I have a lot of compassion and a lot of respect for, um, the process of struggle. Yeah. And, um, really the biggest tip is, you know, even as listening to this podcast, try to drop in because there is no hurry to the actual solution. So that can actually delay the process when we go to chase. Oh my gosh, the struggle is real. How, how can I get it to stop? So if people are listening, it just simply means that they're ready to be free. I'm guessing that where you're going with that is really like your, your thoughts control your situation to an extent, right? Absolutely. So I think that there's like this anatomy of struggle. Yeah. Right. So there's some external circumstances that very much contribute to um, the feelings that generate struggle. And then there's just some internal dialogue that, you know, can further keep us in that place of struggle. Totally. And as of recent, you know, like I said, some of the explorations that I have done with myself when saying, oh, my gosh, like I am struggling, like I really seriously don't know if I can survive this. And the beautiful thing is, is the way the body works is it actually activates this survival mode, um, which, you know, basically tells you like, you're going to die. Totally. And just stopping and asking myself like, okay, is this struggle actually going to cause me to die? And that was just sort of the wake up point is to just sort of step back for a moment. And (laughs) I call this, you know, consider snuggling with your struggle, right? Because now there's an opportunity to shift from, you know, this sort of collective statement, like, oh my God, the struggle is real and making it more empowering, just like any other, you know, sort of, you know, negative, how we define negative aspects in our life that's happening. So, so first is to recognize like, wow, I, I am declaring that I'm going through a struggle and the struggle really to me is just this portal to inner investigation. It's the shadow work. So it's asking for your attention. And when you can look at square in the eyes and say like, I see you maybe give it a name 
then that's where we can look at the opportunity to reorganize, right, the wording of what's happening. So it's something out there that wants your attention. And if you place your attention on it in a positive way, it can speak to you differently. Is that kind of where you're going? Yes. And and so, you know, there's a, a whole culture around positive thought and, you know, kind of rewiring um, the brain, the neuroplasticity, um, you know, shifting the mindset. And that's all great and wonderful. But when people, including myself in the past, have been in struggle, like none of that stuff makes sense. It's just sort totally, of like, yeah, yeah, okay, that sounds so easy and yet so hard at the same time. Like I can't even, right? That's where the next statement comes in. Well, because it is easy when you're in that state already, right? So like if I'm having a good day, like positive thoughts and affirmations and such are really, you know, they are easy. It's, it's very easy for me to fall into that state when I wake up and things are good. But if you wake up and things are not good shifting <laughs> from yeah. the not good to the, Oh, everything's fine can be not just challenging. It can be impossible at times, right? Yes, absolutely. So I don't want to discount or, you know, shove that under the rug or pack it down because yeah, there are days when you just, you're going to have those days. And yeah. so that's the, the, the reality of it. And I, I'd love to just make this statement to anybody that is listening is, you know, you have done nothing wrong to get here. Because yeah. a lot of people, I think, feel like, oh, my God, I'm struggling. Like, what did I do? Yeah. And it's it's absolutely part of that next level of freeing yourself. Yeah, I agree. So I actually want to digress for a second and talk about meditation because I know that that's something that you're a fan of as well. Um, yes. Positive meditation habits um, can actually help you navigate a lot of this. And... I've always been someone that I kind of flirted with meditation a little bit. I never like took it all that seriously, but there's been a lot of like whispers in my life that are like, you should try this. You should, you know, like it could really help you. Cause I have a lot of anxiety and you know, whatever. I'm not going to go into that, but I started taking classes at this meditation place in Santa Monica. Um, and I, first of all, the idea that there was like literally a facility that you could go to just to meditate, like totally tripped me out. Um, but one of the instructors recently in one of the classes, he started the meditation and he asked us who we are. Like, who are you really? And he basically alluded to, and I've, and I've heard variations of this theme before, but the idea is that if you can observe your thoughts um, and you can observe what's happening like to your body, in your body, um, then you you can't possibly be your thoughts. Like the real you is not your thoughts and it's not your body. And it's the observer of those things. Mm -hmm. And so if you can try and wrap your brain around that concept, which like it's, it takes a lot to, to start to do that. Um, but it's incredibly powerful. I agree. <laughs> and, um, just by hearing you, like, I, I actually want to challenge you with the fact that you think that you've flirted with meditation. Cause I think you've just full gone. You've, you went full in, you've already slept with meditation. Oh, totally. Um, <laughs> I have now, but I'm saying, <laughs> trust me, I have at this point, but you're I'm very saying, intimate with it. Um, yeah. but here's the thing too. So, um, yes, that is a big question. And I, I would almost pose that, you know, unless somebody is ready to step out of their comfort zone into that environment, if that's the first question that gets asked, right, that could be paralyzing, that could be terrifying, and it can actually keep people in this place, if not ready, um, to continue to, to subscribe to, um, you know, the anatomy of struggle. Yeah. So, 
my take on meditation, right, is number one, um, because of our human design and especially our culture, uh, we are masterminds at overcomplicating things. That's just the truth. And so one of the most complicated skills is to be simple. Yeah, that's hard. (laughs) (laughs) And so meditation can actually be quite simple. Um, Sitting, right? Sitting is actually, you know, being a lot more embraced these days. And um, when you go to sit in meditation, I mean, it could be simply like sitting up in bed in the morning and just feeling your breath. And it can be very, very simple without having to have an expectation of yourself. Yes. Um, and, and just starting to become, um, aware of your awareness. So as you said, like maybe it's, oh, okay. So I get to observe my thoughts coming in. Um, to me, I think it's just the very beginning of like, just be aware of my breath, be aware of my surroundings. And it starts to cultivate or activate, reactivate, help you remember, like we're, we're actually here honestly to enjoy life. Yeah. Um, nobody put us on the planet to actually struggle or have a terrible life. We, we can use those to help further awaken ourselves, but it all comes down to awareness and choice. And, and we'll get into that as far as, um, you know, that initial question of, you know, reorganizing words to move from struggle and into flow. Yeah. What happens to our body during struggle? Like where, okay. where do we express the stress usually? Really good question. So the thing is, I mentioned before, like when we are in a place of struggle, it act, it actually activates what's called survival mode. So fight or flight in the body. Um, back in the old days, and I know a lot of people who've been on this journey have heard this analogy before, you know, humans struggle or survival mode was being chased by a saber toothed tiger um, and their life was actually in danger. Yeah. Um, nowadays, you know, survival mode and struggle are things like, you know, external, like I don't have enough time in my day. I don't have enough money. Um, my relationships are, you know, are, are challenged or I'm going through divorce. I don't have job satisfaction. Uh, I'm not where I think or want to be in my life. Yeah. That's a big one for a lot of people. Yes. And so if you listen to each of those bullet points, it all boils down to lack or scarcity true and so what happens with our body in survival mode is it does create a a scarcity of energy so everything moves from the gut and moves out to the outer limbs and um you know can express stress in very different ways so you had asked like what happens to the body otherwise and where do we express physical stress it's really different for everybody and the fact is Um, Even for me as um, being a yoga teacher, um, you know, a mindset coach, um, you know, a a meditation facilitator, even my body has ways that it expresses stress. So I'm not a doctor, but some of the common things are, you know, like insomnia, you know, weight loss or gain, headaches, um, you know, fatigue, and a lot of things, you know, around autoimmune. So it can be different for everybody but these these are usually like oh well my mind feels good and clear and and sure that can happen during struggle but ultimately the body at some point will start to slow you down so that you can actually snuggle your struggle 
<laughs> yeah, and I think if you look at it from that perspective, like it's so profound and it changes things when you say, okay, the reason that my body feels this way is because it's actually trying to tell me something, right? Yes. Not just like asking me like, hey, you need to suffer. No, it's not about that at all. It's, hey, I'm trying to give you a clue here. Like, wake up. You're so right. You're so right. And during that time is... Um, you know, I know you've talked about this before and we've talked about this in previous podcasts is just, you know, really lending yourself to that self-compassion again. Like you have done nothing wrong to get here. Um, we all have different ways that we, you know, respond to a wake up call. And so, you know, forgive yourself and, you know, not only dive into, you know, a routine of self-care, but I think even more important is receiving care from others. Yeah, I I agree with that. That's actually really interesting. Um, Can you talk a bit, let's break that into like two pieces. So can you talk for a second about what a good like self-care maintenance routine is? And maybe share yours. There's, there's a lot, but again, um, it can be very simple. So you know, there was times in, in my particular life where some things, you know, that were my self-care list would cost money. And then if I couldn't get to those things, then I would be like, oh, my gosh, I don't have a self-care plan. Yeah. So it's it's honestly about scheduling time for yourself. Um, I used to do to-do lists. Uh, one of my coaches, she introduced me to the calendar, which has changed everything. So I just make sure that, you know, I schedule myself on my calendar um, to engage in self-care. And so it can be, um, so outside the box, right? So how about if you're feeling like in a place where like, wow, I'm just like constantly like comparing myself, judging myself. I don't think I'm where I'm supposed to be. And you are maybe on social media, like a lot of other people is part of self-care might be like, okay, you know what, just for today, I'm not getting onto social media. I think a lot of us could could take that advice <laughs> right that's that's free right and, and that's why i'm saying like you'll hear some other things like of course yoga and meditation and um for me i have to get in the water every day so luckily i am fortunate enough i'm very grateful i have a bathtub i live in 800 square feet which <laughs> i have chosen yeah but i got a bathtub totally and so part of my self-care is to take a bath um you know it, it can be as beautiful and simple as, um, you know, having a cup of tea or, you know, I love coffee, you know, just sitting quietly with myself and enjoying my coffee, being like fully submerged in just that moment. Um, yeah, I like, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, self-care too. So for, for a lot of us on this path, um, I used to kind of scold myself like, oh my gosh, not, I don't need one more self-empowering book. Um, I really need to trust myself. But what I have found is I am also very inspired by people, i.e. Danielle Laporte. So for me, part of self-care is personal development. And so reading, you know, taking some time out to read to journal, to listen to podcasts. Um. (laughs) I think so with that, I think what's really interesting is uh, because I'm very much in that space as well. And I I love to read and I love personal development and all that. And I think the most important thing I've learned, there's so much information out there that it can really feel overwhelming, especially if you're kind of like a new student to that. Um, And so the most important thing I've learned throughout that journey, which is still ongoing, is take what you need. 
take what mm-hmm. works for you. I think sometimes we have this rush to like, oh, I have to master everything in this book. Absolutely not. You have to you have to take the parts of that book that are speaking to you specifically and implement those in your life. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because that kind of goes right back to where this started. And that's with even the process of struggle. If we're in such a rush to get to the solution, we're continuing to activate this place of, um, you know, the chase, the survival within our bodies. So, so yeah, consuming anything, anything of too much, right, is going to now polarize us in the opposite direction. So, you know, another sort of affirmation, anybody that's listening is like, you know, anything that is meant to be yours is not going to miss you. So even through this process of like, oh my gosh, this is so fascinating. I just, I want to consume so much so that I can expand and grow and, you know, be this conscious being is really the the highest um, plateau of, you know, personal development or, you know, spiritual enlightenment is how to actually live life day to day, Yeah. right? So we don't get so submerged into, you know, this, this deep inner journey when, I mean, again, um, you know, the most complicated skill is to be simple. So making sure that there's that beautiful balance of being with others and enjoy, like making the conscious choice of like, I, I do, I, I remember I'm here to actually enjoy this life experience. Yeah. And you said something in there, anything that's meant to be yours is not going to miss you. I really love that because it's, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. Like I, I've never, I've never really thought about it that way, but I think that's such a great affirmation because sometimes we're in such a rush to have an experience or, you know, whatever. And I think if you can come back to, if it's meant to be, it's, it still has time to happen. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's really profound. I love it. Thank you. Well, and here's the thing too. So, um, I know we sort of talked about in the notes too, this idea of how the struggle can keep us on the hamster wheel. Right. Because again, like um, it just it just so happens to be that, you know, our current design and our culture really promotes this idea of like, go after your dream and be all that you can be and, you know, live your highest potential. And, you know, that can be just as overwhelming as trying to consume all this, you know, positive stuff. And um, so when we when we finally hit that invitation or I guess accept that invitation to our so-called struggle, right? The hamster wheel is is what we stay on so that we think, oh my gosh, like if I get off this thing, if I actually stop and look at my struggle or step back from this idea like, oh my God, I don't have enough time or I don't have enough money, um, we think that everything's going to fall apart. True. The thing is, is that if we can stop and remember that everything that is meant for us will not miss us, if we can stop, we can have an opportunity to actually let things fall into place. Yes, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the dialogue, too, because I think that that's, that's important um, when you're going through a struggle, let's say. Um, mm-hmm. What are some, I know you're going to elaborate later on some techniques, but... Is there anything immediate that can be helpful when you start to recognize, oh my God, panicking, this is happening? Yes. What are some things you can do to talk yourself through that? Yes. So just that overall awareness, um, you know, you can give it a name. I I have a daughter who actually um, is on this journey at a very young age. So she, she gave hers a name. Interesting. And so you can just, you know, that's a way to look at it square in the eyes. I see you. 
And by seeing the struggle, right, first identifying, first feeling is when you start to empower yourself. And so um, recognizing, okay, instead of saying, no, the struggle is real and commiserating and, you know, connecting to other people on this is just stop, step back. Okay. Wow. I'm having a day. I'm having a moment. For me, breath is everything. It just is such, it's a free tool for us that helps keep us actually connected to our life. And so as simple as just taking a deep breath in and, you know, letting out an exhale, this isn't anything new to a lot of people. I mean, there's science behind this, there's psychology behind this, there's spirituality behind all of this. And it's so simple, but yet, you know, it's, it's not, it's not glamorous enough. It's really kind of boring. Yeah, it's super simple. And I mean, that's like the one thing in meditation that they teach you first is come back to the breath. Uh, and there's a reason for that, right? It's because that helps you find your center again, wherever you are, whatever yes. you're going through. Yes. And so again, I'm not a doctor, but here's what I've also um, learned over time, just as I had said, you know, the scientific backing of breath is um, it really can be your inner pharmacy. So when we stop and we breathe deeply for ourselves, right, this can be very medicinal, it could be calming, it can be boring, it could be so many things. But what it asks our body to do is to drop into this place, I call it taking care of your nervous system, is we start to push the clutch into our parasympathetic nervous system. This is where we rest and digest and we're able to just sort of receive internally. And you don't have to, you know, know about chemistry and biology to feel the effects, but it can be interesting. So some things that happen automatically within our brain center is um, as we breathe, we start to um, relax and and our pituitary gland, pineal gland, starts to release dopamine, serotonin. We know that these are our feel-good hormones, chemicals, start to run through the body. And the deep breath will also start to dissipate the cortisol, right, the stress hormone in the body. So um, if not anything else, if you're just like, yeah, I'm not trying to center or, you know, be spiritual, like the breath actually medicine. So... Um, just that gesture can start to drop you into the space where now like, okay, I'm breathing. You start to settle your mind down a little bit and you start to become aware of, wow, I'm not actually dying here. This is just some kind of switch I've pushed into thinking I need to go into survival mode and I'm okay. Yeah. I mean, that's really powerful. And I think a lot of, you can start meditating with just the focus on the breath. You don't have to set intentions. You don't have to do anything guided or visualization or anything like that. It can literally just be breathe. Be mindful Absolutely. of your breath, right? Absolutely. And know that that can be super boring. You might watch yourself just be like the whole entire time like, okay, so I'm sitting here. Yeah, this totally isn't for me. And just it's really the process of just letting yourself be with whatever needs to surface. Um, and it will probably be quite boring in the beginning. I mean, I will say seconds can feel like hours <laughs> when you're <laughs> well, first starting. Yeah. Well, here's the cool thing about that statement, right? That statement can remind us that this idea that we don't have enough time is false. 
Totally. So, so these people are like, well, I don't have time to meditate. And you sit down and you try to be with yourself and you realize like, wow, how did I just stretch like two minutes into what feels like an hour, right? It's all perception. Yeah, it is. You talk about, um, changing the order of words in a statement in regard to struggle. I really, really am fascinated by that. Tell me more. Okay. Okay. So this is to me one of the most empowering, um, lessons that I have gone through with my very beautiful relationship with struggle. And at the same time, people may only get this when they're ready. So just remembering that it may be that you got to, you have to come back and revisit it. Nothing is going to miss you that is meant to be yours. So this idea of when we talk to ourselves in our dialogue or we talk with our friends, oh my gosh, like I am going through something that is so challenging. I'm going through such a major struggle right now, right? And so to me by saying that means that I have really kind of victimized myself. Yeah. I'm like the subject of something that is happening to me. And I realize like how disempowering that is. And you know, there's going to be all sorts of circumstances to push you up to that edge or your mirrors and honest to goodness, everything. And I know people don't like to take ownership of things. I know I have had my times with it. It's always going to bring you back to self. So when realizing the statement, gosh, you know, I am going through struggle. Okay. Am I really, this is kind of disempowering. What is maybe just a reordering of words that can make it feel different or expand the way that I play with it? And it's this. So the reframe. I am not going through anything. I am not going through struggle. Things are going through me. Struggle is choosing to move through me so that I may remember something empowering about myself. That's good. What that is that you're remembering, that is everybody's personal journey. So that brings me into that second place of, you know, just really trying not to compare where you are on your timeline, compare yourself to other people. Um, We are a culture that honest to goodness, again, I, you know, I'm a big advocate of coaching. I myself coach. I have coaches. One of my coaches was like, maybe our culture is addicted to struggle because for some reason we do a lot of growth. We have growing pains. Yeah. What if we became addicted to easy or for me effortlessness and we start to shift into this place where we're growing pleasures instead of pain uh what a concept what a concept concept. it's so simple but the thing is is that simple doesn't always mean easy well it can though right and i think that again if you can surrender to that like i had a coach once that like and it falls into this realm and i'm actually like i'm really fascinated by this this topic because we were, we were having a discussion about like people that go on dates or even like when you hang out with your friends, like most people immediately and they do this on dates when they're meeting like their perspective, you know, a future spouse or whatever for the first time, they'll just dump all their shit on them. And it's like, this is all this crap that's wrong in my life. And this is what my day was like and blah, blah, blah. And you do that with your friends, you do that with your spouse when you come home and you're just perpetuating 
more of that, right? Like, you, yeah. here's my struggle where it's like, okay, what if we reframed that to your point and let's not talk about the struggle. Let's talk about maybe what we learned from the struggle or what the struggle is teaching us or, you know, things that, how, how we can make the thing better that is, that we perceive to be wrong, right? Yeah. No, you're so right. But that's the thing is, you know, people have to be willing you know, to be those agents of change. So it's, it's really, you know, it's, it's outside the lines. It's really thinking outside the lines because now, you know, we're no longer choosing to commiserate. We're not meeting and hanging out with people that just want to continue to perpetuate what is no longer serving us. So that's where, you know, we can start to look at, um, you know, expanding on self-care. So I know I mentioned some things um, in terms of like just more um, ideas around what you can do individually, but most importantly is, and this can be challenging, this was at least a big challenge for me, is asking for help and recognizing that you're worthy really to receive that support. So this idea of investing your own currency, whether that be money or energy, I think it's really one of the same. So that's like finding tribe, finding community, hiring a therapist, going to yoga, hiring a coach, um, giving. And, yeah. And when you start to practice all of these things remarkably, or maybe uncoincidentally, these people start to find you, right? They come into your life in various ways. Oh, Why absolutely. Do? Because anything that, you know, is meant for you, isn't going to miss you. It's just, you know, you have to, you have to, um, be part of that surrender of, am I willing to look at my struggle or whatever portal it is square in the eye and say, I see you. And I am now ready, you know, I'm ready to receive the lesson that is associated with this. And most importantly, you know, remembering as, you know, again, we're humans, we're here on earth school, we're having a great time. You know, sometimes we learn and struggle. Sometimes we learn in pleasure, but, there is a greater force that's kind of, you know, navigating all this. And as we are in service to, you know, the greater it, whether that be, you know, this divine or this higher existing power than us, that ultimately we have to remember that it's also in service of us. So it kind of goes back to this idea of, hey, you're Sean, I'm Kimmy. There is a force that wants to experience things through us. So it's really here to serve us. So even as it might be disguised as struggle, struggle moving through us, it's because it remembers or wants you to see, you know, the bigger experience. It's saying, okay, here is a, here's a way in. You really have the key just to simply unlock it. You just have to look at this thing right in the eye and be the, the alchemizer, you know, change the mind shift. When you start to do the work at your own individual level, you actually start to unlock for a lot of other people. We get to really make those shifts in humanity. And I think we all are like, well, how do I, how do I serve? It's just serve yourself. Remember that you're also being served. So the, I think the big theme here is the first step in this is acceptance, right? Acceptance, yes. And so I think personally, like acceptance, surrender, um, and detachment are probably like three of my favorite words right now, just mm-hmm. because I think <laughs> they have. How do you know? Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> they have a lot of power. Um, if you 
and what's really interesting about these words actually is that they can be interpreted as either positive or negative, right? So yes. I'm looking at them as very positive words right now. Yes. Um, I want to ask you, what does it mean, like with respect to detachment specifically, what does it mean to be detached while still caring for others and their circumstance? I'm so glad that you asked that because that's kind of like the biggest lesson that I'm going through right now. Yeah. Um, and I have had a great, great teacher for that um, because he just embodies detachment in such a way. I, too, at one point in my life thought it was very negative. Totally. I was like, well, you know, how do you cultivate these deep connections with people if you're just going to live in this mindset of detachment? <laughs> it's, it's very antithetical. <laughs> right? It's well, as Danielle Laporte might say, it's very paradoxical. Totally. Um, right? So detach to attach, connect to disconnect, and it's finding that space in between. And so remembering that we are also these vessels. We, are, we actually are here on Earth um, to experience life through whatever comes through us. And so practicing being present um, allows, at least for me, to recognize, oh, this emotion is moving through me. This experience is moving through me. And sure, we are designed to, you know, create memories. Um, it's when we get disempowered or kind of like a slave to these thoughts or these ideas um, that a detachment feels really uncomfortable Right. We don't want to let go of that because it just it feels so good. I want more of it. Yeah. Um, and, and so um, I, me, too. I don't think that detachment is is um, a negative word, but people have to be ready to make that shift. Um, detachment is liberating. It's freedom. It doesn't define, you know, the overall experience or relationship that you have with a person. So people that are committed to each other can still practice detachment. It just means like I am a whole person and, you know, my state of happiness is not contingent upon anybody else that I'm connected to. It's an inside job. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a really big lesson. And I think, I mean, it's taken me a long, long time to get there, but I find that like living with detachment makes life so much easier. And again, it doesn't mean that you don't care. It doesn't mean that you're not, you know, loving and compassionate. It just means that, you know, I, it's, you accept, you accept what is right. And so absolutely, I can love you and I can want great things for you. But at the end of the day, I have to be detached from your experience and whatever the lessons are that you're meant to learn. Absolutely. So well said. Well, Kimmy, as always, I love our conversations. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for talking to me again today, and I have no doubt that you'll be back again soon. Um, tell us how we can connect with you if someone wants to reach out. Well, thank you. It's been a great pleasure to be back, and I would um, really, really love to connect with anybody that's you know moving through this process or just trying to gain more perspective. So um, I will say that my website will be going through transition uh, coming up in December, but you can reach me on KimmyDawn.com. 
And I think you did say that you were going to put a link to my personal Facebook page is where I do my Facebook live videos for now. Um, so I invite anybody to, to take a look at those two uh, platforms. Thank you so much for being this, this agent of change and making technology positive. And, you know, this is part of self-care too. So thank you so much for your, for your offering. All right, I want to thank Kimmy so much for joining me today. And I'd also like to thank you for listening. Now, if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And please share this episode with anyone you think could benefit from hearing it. You can always find the links for everything we talk about in the show notes, which can be found over at thinkoutsidethelines.com. And feel free to drop me a line with any questions or feedback on the show. You can send an email to hello at thinkoutsidethelines.com. Until next time, go out there and pursue your passion today, because the best way to predict the future is to create it. For more information, please visit thinkoutsidethelines.com.